Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. I want to first off say thank you to everyone who has sent feedback about the episode I put out last week with Sean of the Germany Experience, wherein we talked about racism in the United States, in South Africa, and in Germany. It's definitely a challenging topic. It was a challenging episode, but it's one that Sean and I were both very glad to do, to lean into that discomfort and give it our best shot. And I appreciate the people who have sent some feedback about that, as well as some who have shared different resources and content that they're engaging with as they go on their own journeys to educate themselves more and better about racism. This week, we're keeping it lighter. (laughs) You might remember I launched a couple weeks back the Travel Germany series. So the idea behind this is, hey, it's a global pandemic. Travel is not really possible the way that it once was. But with Travel Germany, I wanted to bring some attention to some places that maybe you wouldn't think of to visit. But now we have all this time. Why not give it a go? And I wanted to bring information about these places to you guys from the perspective of expats who live there. I think expats have a really special relationship with their location. And because we're living abroad, we have the added benefit of living in a place where people might actually want to visit. So with that in mind, we are taking it over to the furthest east point in Germany to a lovely little town called Gerlitz. Gerlitz might not be a huge city, but it has a lot going for it. And one of the things that it's got going for it is that it's got two pretty magnificent Americans living there. And they're my guests on today's episode. So I'm talking about Tessa and Lauren. Tessa, you might know through her social media presence. I started following her on Twitter a while back and was instantly enamored with seeing Gerlitz through her eyes. And Lauren actually launched a project called Discover Gerlitz, where she brings tours and blog posts and other cool information about Gerlitz to promote tourism in the area. So yes, these two are highly qualified to talk about the topics. And as you'll hear in the episode, I'm pretty sold on this town now after after talking to them. And I think you guys will have the same experience. So I hope you do. And I hope you enjoy. My name is Tessa Inright. I'm from Arizona, and I've lived in Gerlitz since December 2016. My name is Lauren Leiderman. I'm from Louisiana, and I've lived in Gerlitz since December of 2019. You're new, new to Gerlitz. <laughs> Very, not new to Germany. I lived in Dresden for five years. And how did you end up moving from Dresden to Gerlitz then? So I... I'm married. My husband, Mark, and I were looking for a new place to live. Mark had just finished medical school, and we had been to Gerlitz a few times before. Gerlitz is very close to Dresden, so I've been here a handful of times, and I actually had friends in Gerlitz before we moved there. And yeah, Gerlitz needed doctors. It's a very affordable place to live. I love history. It's my hobby and one of my passions, and Gerlitz has more than enough of that. So whenever we went to the hospital and interviewed, they offered us a job and we decided to give Gerlitz a go. 
And then Tessa, same question to you. Is Gorlitz the first place you lived in Germany? And how did you end up in this lovely little city? No, uh, actually, I also lived in Dresden first. In 2007, I moved here with a German man who I met at university, kind of spontaneously. We moved to Dresden for two years. We got married there, and I absolutely hated it. And we (laughs) went back home to the U.S. (laughs) We were in the U.S. for several years. I decided to start learning German and I started to feel that the possibility of living in Germany was a lot more of a realistic thing for me after I felt that I could do it more comfortably, that I had a purpose here, that I could speak the language. So, yeah, we decided to try it out again. And Gorlitz is where my husband grew up. And to both of you guys, did you like Gorlitz when you first encountered it? No, I didn't really pay attention. Um, like <laughs> I said, my two years in Dresden were kind of a blur for me. I was overwhelmed. It wasn't really happy. We'd come here to visit his parents and I I don't even remember noticing how beautiful it was or noticing the old town. It was all just kind of a haze for me. But then after we went back to the US, we'd still come visit and I slowly I started realizing like, well, this place is gorgeous. Why didn't I notice that before? So (laughs) yeah, I had to open my eyes first to see it. And for me, I first came to Gerlitz in December of 2014 to the Christmas market. I remember being amazed. I was like, oh my goodness, look at all of these Renaissance buildings. The Christmas market here is in the middle of the old town. And our old town has the best preserved Renaissance architecture north of the Alps. I remember just being completely floored at how amazing it was. I would come back the next year to the Christmas market with Mark and my parents actually. Yeah, I had been back a few times since. Actually, whenever I gave birth to my son, my roommate in the hospital was from Gerlitz. So that was another reason for me to come back and explore. It was through my friend Sophie. It's pretty hard not to love a place when you meet it during the Christmas market season. I gotta say, that's a good strategy, even if you didn't do it on purpose. (laughs) Good call. Definitely. Okay, so let's say that Someone who's listening to this has never heard of Gorlitz before. What are three things that someone should know like right off the bat? So the first thing you should know is that Gorlitz is a European city. And what that means is that because the river Nysa runs directly through the middle of our city, and this is where they redrew the borders after World War II, now one third of our city is in Poland. And this part of the city is called Skorzelitz. And you can easily walk across the Old Town Bridge and you're in another country with another cuisine, another language, another culture. And the second point is that Gerlitz is incredibly lucky as a city. Gerlitz is the largest city left in Germany that was not bombed at all during the Second World War, which is why we have such a large array of architecture here. You can see the natural progression of a city as it would have been built in Central Europe. And just to give you some perspective of the monuments that we have here, Gerlitz has over 4,000 historically protected buildings. Berlin only has 1,500. Jeez, wow. And number three is, I, we both agree that it, not only can you see all of these things, it's extremely affordable because we are a bit in the eastern part of the country. It's um, as east as you can get in yeah, Germany. <laughs> we're the first people to see the sunrise in Germany. <laughs> cool. You can come and have a holiday here and not spend so much for it. 
for people who are looking for something that doesn't have the Disney World effect feel. Mm-hmm. And, like you're in a theme park and surrounded yeah. by other tourists. Exactly. Yeah. We don't we don't have that in Gurlitz. It's extremely authentic. That's really cool. Okay, and to ask the most German question, what's the population? 56,000 in Gurlitz. Okay. And technically, like, there's 56,000 in Gurlitz, but if you're also including the Polish side of the river, it's closer to 100,000. Is that right, Tessa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And, okay, so it's on the border to Poland, and it's near to Dresden. How far uh, apart are they? And, and just sort of so we can all geographically locate ourselves here. You can take the quick train, which is an hour and 15 minutes. You can also take Flix bus, which is also relatively quick on the Autobahn. I think that you can also make it on yeah, the Autobahn in about an hour. We're also like right between Berlin and Prague. That's a really good idea because a lot of people would do the bigger cities. If they're coming to this area, they might want to see the bigger cities that they've heard of and stuff like that. But I always argue that the smaller towns and cities in Europe are what what I love about it. Like the big cities are cool, but they're kind of their own thing. So, okay, this is a very solid pitch for Gorlitz. It's right in the middle. You can do a little big city, calm couple days in Gorlitz and then move on. Actually, another point that it's between, a lot of Americans like to go to Poland to buy pottery, specifically to Bunslau or or, um, Boleslawiec in Polish. And Mm -hmm. we're also right in the middle between the journey that you would have to take to get from West Germany to get to Boleslavet. So people who go on these pottery trips, we're a perfect stopover. Yeah, so this town is in Poland today. It's famous for ceramics. I love going there because they've got great food, beautiful little old town, and pottery, of course. And when I was walking around there, I was so shocked at how many Americans I heard. Apparently, a lot of women who are associated with the U.S. military go there to buy pottery, and they drive right past Gerlitz on the Autobahn, and I think they should stop and check (laughs) us out. Okay, and let's say that they do. What do you do in in Gerlitz? What are some of the highlights that if you have a visitor, you're like, all right, these are the things we have to do? Well, obviously, you need to walk around our old town with all of our historical monuments, and it's extremely walkable. Um, we, we have a Straßenbahn, a streetcar, but you don't need it. We encourage getting lost, wandering down random streets and alleys, because every street there's something unique to see. You have to cross the bridge and go to Poland, because it's just cool to cross an international border without showing a passport or you don't even see any signs saying you're now entering Poland. Really? It's just like kind of you just take a little stroll. There's no passport control. There's no, Yeah, I don't know what it's I'm picturing. It's really cool. The first time I came here in 2007, there was a passport control. So it's relatively new still. So what else to do here then? Well, we also have a lot of city festivals. So depending on what time you're here in the city, we have a big Altstadt or old city festival in the summer. So if medieval LARPing is your thing, bring your costume because there's lots of people dressed up and it's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, this Old Town Festival is in it's the last weekend of August every year and the whole Old Town is transformed into a giant party. We have a huge Ferris wheel, uh, live music, all the typical festival things like food and crafts and a little bit of a Renaissance flair. And of course, the Christmas market, how can we forget that? Yeah. The Christmas market here, I mean, in general, Saxony, no offense to the West, but 
Christmas markets originated here in Saxony and I they're the best. I've always told people, you know, sometimes the East gets a reputation for being a bit grumpy, but I have never seen people happier at Christmas time than the Saxons. <laughs> And Gurlitz, their Christmas market is so special because you're really not going to find anything made from China in this market. The food and drink is amazing. It's a mix of Polish and German and Silesian, which is this historically what this area was called, Silesia. It's, it's a hidden gem in one of our big old town squares in the Obermark. There's actually a, a, a very big ice skating rink, so you can Open ice air. skate between all of these old buildings. It's, oh, my God. That is amazing. It's very romantic. I, I love the size of our market. It's just so cozy. It's not overrun like some of these other ones that I've been to. I won't name names. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, our market is really great. It, it ends before Christmas, though, so you need to hurry. I think it's like the first three weeks in December. Okay, well, that's interesting and good to know because some of them extend all the way to January. And I have to add one more thing before we close this subject. We can't forget the Hollywood connection to Gurlitz. And for people who love Instagram or the Hollywood culture, we have film locations that are an integral part of the city. They're just day-to-day things that we pass. And you can go in these places, most of them largely it's allowed for you to take pictures there. So you get to walk where your favorite Hollywood actors walked and experience it in real time. That's something we definitely need to dive into because, I mean, this is probably very stereotypical for the type of person I am, but I love Wes Anderson. So, (laughs) of course, I was mind blown. What I actually found this out through following Tessa, that lots of the scenery that you see in the Grand Budapest Hotel is from Gorlitz. Yeah. Nearly all of it, actually. That's so crazy. Because you watch that movie, and I, Wes Anderson, he has such a distinct style, and sometimes I think it's almost otherworldly because it's so specific, and you never see places in real life that look like this. Or I guess, okay, you do, because side note, there's a really amazing Instagram account called Accidentally Wes Anderson. Yes. Do you know it? Yeah. (laughs) Where people can submit pictures that they, places that they stumble across that are totally Wes Anderson style. But generally, I don't find that most of the world looks the way that he presents it. And so to realize that it's actually real, it's a real place, it's Gorlitz, that's insane to me. Gurlitz actually has a nickname now, uh, Gurleywood, because of our popularity with Hollywood directors. Like we said, a lot of the scenes in Grand Budapest Hotel were filmed in Gurlitz, not just the Kaufhaus, the famous department store, which was the lobby of the hotel in the film. That's the most well-known location. So many like street scenes and also a lot of scenes indoors were filmed in Gurlitz. While I was watching this movie, I had to pause almost every minute because I recognized something from our city. So it's it's really cool. There are places where you can go inside and, for example, the Brauner Hirsch, which is means the brown deer in German. It's an old building from the Renaissance and Wes Anderson used certain rooms inside here where he was allowed to decorate it in the style that he wanted. So, crazy wallpaper, yeah. these narrow rooms that they were living in in the hotel. Like uh, Monsieur Gustave. Gustave yeah, yeah, Monsieur Gustave, like his little room was there and also Nero. I forget his name. The the lobby boy. The lobby lobby boy's room. (laughs) The lobby boy's room. And you can still go because they left it how it was during the film. This is so stinking cool. (laughs) 
and I have to do a plug here because Tessa has worked very hard in developing a Hollywood tour. So if you're interested in learning more and going to all of these spots with someone who is so knowledgeable, not just about the, the Grand Budapest Hotel, but also the other films filmed here, like The Reader, Inglorious Bastards, Around the World in 80 Days, The Book Thief, then Tessa has something here for you. That's so funny because I feel like all those things that you just listed are things where in my brain, I just think they're set in Europe. And of course, like, what does that actually mean? Europe can mean any number of things. But when you said at the beginning, Gorlitz is a European town, of course, that has a certain historic meaning to it. But I think it also just goes to show, for me at least, I know not everywhere that I've been has been the Europe I thought of before I had ever been to this continent. And it really does strike you when you find somewhere that you're like, this is what I had in my head of Europe. And it sounds like Hollywood thinks that Gorlitz is, is very much a European city and this is what they're they're identifying it as. Yeah, yeah. Our directors, I think they come here because our city is very welcoming to them. We try our best to accommodate film shoots. Also because we have locations that look untouched by time. Um, our city has stood in for such places as Berlin or Paris pre-World War II. In Around the World in 80 Days, we were actually in the first 15 minutes of the film. It's supposed to be Paris, but it's actually Gerlitz. <laughs> That's so funny. This is a relationship with Hollywood that's continuing. There's always talk about films that are coming to Gerlitz and we're pretty lucky that we that we live here because a lot of the local residents get to be extras in movies. So cool. I was actually an extra last summer in a German production that I'm still waiting to see my big debut on screen. But... <laughs> oh my god, that's always been a dream of mine. That is so cool. You got to do that. Do the Hollywood stars spend a lot of time in the town outside of filming? So I was unfortunately not here when they filmed like the Grand Budapest Hotel, for example, but all of the stars, there were a lot of them in that movie. They all stayed in this hotel on our Untermarkt, our lower market called a Börse. And this hotel also looks like a Wes Anderson building to me. Um, <laughs> I've heard stories of people running into Owen Wilson in the bar at night and Adrian Brody practicing piano in one of our restaurants here, Lucy Schulte. <laughs> so yeah, I think that'd be really cool to turn the corner and run into Bill Murray or Tilda Swinton. <laughs> yeah, my friend Sophie lives right near the, the hotel where they stayed and she said that she would see Jude Law in the coffee shop near her house. And also like Bill Murray, there's a mustard store on one of our yeah. major streets. <laughs> and he would always get a sausage from there on his breaks. Yeah. So there's this <laughs> store amazing. is on Krudostrasse if you come and they do have good, good, have uh, good bratwurst. Yeah. He's got good taste because you never know. You never know if they're just really enthusiastic about something or if it actually is delicious. It actually is delicious. Oh. And you have like so many different mustards to choose from because it's attached to a mustard store. I'm sorry. I just need to like acknowledge the fact that there is a mustard store, an entire store dedicated to mustard. That's amazing. And they're all local. They're made locally in the area. And some of them, like it's so interesting to hear about these companies that make them and the tradition that goes into it. To the west of us is Bautzen, and I know some of them come from there, and they've been making mustard in Bautzen for hundreds of years. How do the locals feel about all this Hollywood stuff? I think that for the stars, it's quite comfortable to wander around Gerlitz. I don't think that they're getting mobbed that often like they would in L.A. They can probably kind of relax here. I don't know. Um, during filmings, there's different opinions 
from people. You know, there's always the inconvenience of streets being shut down or not mm. being able to walk walk down a street because they're filming something. But there's also a lot of excitement about it, and people want to come and look and try to see if they can spot anyone famous. So for the most part, the city is very excited about this reputation that we have, and we're trying to develop it. And they want to start a school to help educate people to work in the film industry here. Okay, so this is Girlywood. So if someone's coming to Gorlitz, they should definitely walk around, maybe do your tour, learn all about the Hollywood stuff. Let's talk about food too, though. Okay, we have this one mustard slash sausage store. (laughs) What else should we eat and drink when we're there? Obviously, you should try our beer, which is Landskron. It's named after our mountain. In addition to that, some regional things we have here. We have something called monpile. These are like poppy seed dumplings. Um, it's a dessert. Or you want to tell them about Schlesisches Himmelreich, Silesian heaven. So this is one of Gerlitz's big specialty dishes. And it's a lightly smoked pork loin garnished with dried plums or apricots or sometimes both. And it's served up with klöze or these Saxon dumplings on the side. So it's very rich. It's a staple of the Silesian cuisine, so I can definitely recommend it if you eat meat. Right. But I must say that Gerlitz, for our vegetarian eaters, like we have a really great vegan restaurant called Kochwerk, cooking work, and they have a new menu every day. It's, it's a smaller menu, but they also offer cooking classes for vegan, and it's one of Tessa and Maya. It's one of our favorite lunch places. Although we're a smaller city and we don't have a huge variety of restaurants, I would say that it's quite surprising how many younger, hipper places we have, places for vegan, gluten-free, all that stuff. It exists here, even though you, you have to maybe sometimes ask locals for help finding it. Yeah, definitely. And we have businesses that are starting. There's a restaurant that just opened actually in the Emmerich Hotel called Herschel, which Herschel is one of the female historical figures in Gerlitz history. So Horschel is a a shout out to her. This restaurant is a bit more upscale. They do a lot of modern European infusion dishes. But what's really cool about them is that they are partnered with several of our local farmers and they use regional and seasonal products in their cuisine. And these farms, which are all located around the area, are either organically grown or they're produced with high ethical standards. So I think it's really cool also that the Gerlitz Industries, they're very collaborative. Do you guys have a weekly market or daily market, like a farmer's market type thing? In the summer, we have markets on Elizabethplatz in Gerlitz with a lot of regional stuff like honeys and jams and fresh fruits and everything you can think of. And are there museums or cultural cornerstones that people should see when they're visiting? Uh, One of the most famous sites, at least on Instagram, is our library. We have the Upper Lusatian Library of Sciences. It's this really beautiful and unique looking library because instead of putting the bookshelves along the, the walls as you usually do in a library, they've kind of put them through the middle of the room, kind of imitating a stage. And so the shelves may create an archway that you can walk through. And it's just a really unique and lovely way to display some very beautiful historic books. We also have our city's cultural museum, which does have descriptions in Polish, English, and German, which covers the city's history or really more a regional level because it goes back to the prehistory of the city 
going all the way back to the Ice Age, all the way up to the GDR, to the time in communism, and everything in between. It's located in the Kaiser Trutz, which is one of the old bastions of the city. It's an original part of the city wall. I very selfishly added to our list of questions if you have any recommendations for libraries or bookstores because I'm a librarian and so wherever I travel, I always try to look up bookish things. So I love that a library was part of one of the must-sees in town. You guys are really winning me over, I will say. <laughs> so a really eclectic bookstore, used bookstore on Bruderstrasse and Gerlitz. I haven't spent a lot of time in there, but when I did, it was really intriguing slash overwhelming because it was just like piles and piles of books. So I'm sure if you have time and know what you're looking for, you can find all kinds of things in there. Okay. And so you already mentioned that from Gorlitz, you can get to this town in Poland where people go for pottery. Are there other day trips that are common or recommendable? I really love going into Poland because we're right right there. So there's a lot of castles over in Poland. In Germany, I would say Oybin. Have you been to Oybin yet? Oh, I love Oybin. Oybin is this old, very old monastery, the ruins of a monastery on top of a mountain. And it's just south of Gerlitz near Zittau. They're gorgeous. It's a beautiful hike up there. You can also take this really neat Schmalspurbahn. It's a little train. I think Schmalspur means narrow tracks. Yeah, yeah. narrow gauge. Narrow gauge. So it's a it's a unique experience to take this train there and then hike up to these ruins. And if geology is your thing, then this area also has rock formations that are just incredible. And how would you guys describe generally the the landscape around Gorlitz? Are there big mountains? Is it flat? What kind of sites or what, what are we looking at? It's relatively flat right here on Gorlitz. We do have our house bag, our, our house mountain, <laughs> Landeskrona, which the beer is named after, which is 400 and some meters high. So not the biggest mountain if you come from a place with a lot of mountains. But we're, we're so close to several mountain ranges. We're close to the giant mountains in Poland. We're close to another mountain range, the, the Sitargebirge. Mountains also in Czechia. There's a mountain range very close by. Saxony, Switzerland, if you've heard of that, that's a really great hiking area. So although you don't see a lot of mountains on the horizon here, they're definitely well within reach. Saxony in general, this area, it's like a storybook. You can see how this area really inspired fairy tales because it's a lot of gently rolling hills with lots of grass. If you walk along the river, there are tons of cherry trees in the early summer, and there are always fruit bushes with raspberries and blackberries. And it's just a very gentle landscape. The mountains here are very old, like Tessa was talking about the Landeskron. It's actually an ancient volcano. Is summer the best time of year to come to Gorlitz, or would you recommend a different time? I think that most of the year is a great time to visit Gerlitz, of course. <laughs> um, I'm a little biased. I would say probably the time when I most want to leave myself is January, February. But other than that, Christmas markets, fall here is beautiful, spring is amazing. If you can time it with our festival in August, that's that's great. There's another festival we have, which is pretty unique. We have in June, we have the Tippelmarkt, which means Tippel is from top, like pottery. So again, if you're interested in pottery, we have this uh, festival where, where people come from all over the region and sell handmade pottery along with the usual festival fair of food and live music. 
we're going to start wrapping this up. And I want to ask you both what your personal favorite spot in town is. My favorite place in Gerlitz is my neighborhood. I live in a place called the Nikolai Vorstadt, and it is just outside of the old town. And though it's only like five minute walk from where where the center of the city is, it's very peaceful and quiet. Um, it's also a very old neighborhood with a lot of beautiful old houses. I love just walking around here. There's a, there's a beautiful cemetery. You just feel suddenly like you're out in a village. There's like field, farm fields and trees. So that's my favorite part is just how peaceful it is here. Mine has a two-part answer, and one of them kind of just came to me. The first place is where I live. I live in a different part of the city. I live in the downtown, but when I say downtown, it was developed in the early part of the 19th century. And so my apartment looks out over this amazingly beautiful green square called the Postplatz, and it has this huge fountain in the middle called the Mushalina, which is this statue of the goddess Flora holding this big mussel shell. And so looking out my window, sometimes I just feel like incredible that I have the opportunity to live here. And the second favorite place, if it's really a place, it's more a time of the day that I love Gerlitz is walking around Gerlitz at night. I went on a date with my husband on Friday and when we were walking back, I was just amazed, like walking on these cobblestones and seeing these buildings in the moonlight. And one of the really special things about Gerlitz too is that at night you get to see the buildings from a different perspective. Gerlitz is really famous because things weren't destroyed and this means that the interiors weren't destroyed as well. So you can look up into the museums sometimes which are lit and they have many of the old houses, not just the museums, have these hand-painted ceilings, these hand-painted wooden ceilings that you can see that are easily from anywhere from the 1500s up through the 1800s. It's magical getting to walk around the city at night. Yeah, I would say that walking around, like I'm sometimes just pinching myself that, that I live in a place like this after living in Phoenix, Arizona. Like Sometimes it's such a a shock that I'm living in a, in a city like this. Y'all give me chills the way you talk about Gerlitz. It's like, it's just sounds so beautiful and magical <laughs> and special. <laughs> I am clearly fully sold on this that I need to go visit. But in case anyone's not, or in case they need to sell someone else, hit me with your elevator pitch for why people should visit Gerlitz. Okay, girl, here we go. Each and every corner of Gerlitz has a story to tell. And these stories cover almost 1,000 years of history. With its array of historic architecture covering more than six architectural epochs, our delicious food, and our convenient location, we can promise you that Gerlitz will not disappoint. And best of all, it's affordable and conveniently located between several major European cities. Walk our streets and take selfies where several of Hollywood's biggest blockbusters were shot. If you want to go international, sure, just take the two-minute walk over one of our bridges to Poland. And most of all, feel free to get lost because wherever you turn, whichever way you go, we are certain that you will find something to fall in love with. So what's stopping you? Dude, that was so good. <laughs> okay, with that, we are going to round the corner and head to home with our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It's a rapid fire question around. So I'm going to ask you three questions that you guys are going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? Okay, question one. If you could choose a mascot for your lovely little town, what mascot would you choose? I would choose 
the nicer river because it's nice. <laughs> I think our mayor is a pretty good mascot. Uh, yeah. Our mayor. Our mayor Octavian is Orzu. He's awesome. He's a trumpet player. Uh, he was born in Romania, and we think he's a great representative of our city. Cool. I love it. Question two. Where does one find the best cup of coffee in Gorlitz? Cafe Herzstück, without a doubt. <laughs> Tessa, you agree? Yeah, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I think she's right. She is. <laughs> I can tell by how definitive she looks. Yep. <laughs> okay, and final question. What is one area of Germany that you've never been to, but you would really like to visit? Berchtesgaden in the south near south near Salzburg. Awesome. And Tessa? I'm, I'm not to be mean in Germany, but I, I like exploring Poland. I'm just a little biased. Um... That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. You guys nailed your XXX. You gave me so much information about Gorlitz. I got to say, I just think it's so beautiful to hear how much you love where you live. I think especially as expats, people end up in a lot of places by accident <laughs> and a lot of places on purpose. And either way, it can still be hit or miss if this is really a place that they love and feel at home. But you can just tell it like radiates off of both of you that you love this place and you're so excited to share that with the world. So thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks again to Tessa and to Lauren for sharing all of this wonderful information about Gurlitz. You can find Tessa at tessa-approves.com and you can find Lauren at discovergirlitz.com. I will link to both of those in my show notes. If you liked this episode, please take a moment out of your day and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. For a DIY podcaster, this is a crucial way to help me out. You can find me on social media at The Expatcast on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can email me at theexpatcast at gmail.com. You should definitely email me if you live in a place that you would like to have featured in the Travel Germany series. I am loving getting to know this country through your eyes. So please don't be shy. Come on to the podcast and brag about your new home. I want to thank, as always, Amy Lunky Art for the logo and Side Hug for the theme music. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feeds with an episode about going through a divorce as an expat. Until then, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy, stay safe, eat a lot of ice cream. <laughs> it's done. Choose.